Hello all, welcome to the Georgia Tech Hell of a Catholic Podcast. I'm Donovan Kelly. I'm a fourth year aerospace engineering student here at Georgia Tech, and I'm also the president of the Catholic Student Organization. Hey guys, I'm Sarah Pennerbaker. I'm a third year neuroscience here at Georgia Tech, and I'm the secretary. Hey y'all, I'm Jordan Cheney. I'm a third year industrial engineering major, and I am not on the Catholic Center board. I'm Father Branson Hip. I'm the chaplain here at Georgia Tech, and I'm not a student. I'm Josh Cruz. I'm a third year biomedical engineering major, and I'm in charge of faith formation. Today we'll be talking about pilgrimage. Uh, Father, would you like to start us off? Sure. Yeah. I like again. Like one of the things we wanted to propose for to do for this semester was to go on pilgrimage, and that's been on my heart a lot. Just in the sense of like we have a backpacking and we have a hiking culture here in the United States, but we really don't have partly because like we're not by our very nature like a Catholic culture. We don't have a culture of pilgrimage, and by pilgrimage we mean going to a specific like religious site with an intention or like like throughout all of church history there were people that went on pilgrimage where they would like go to a religious site and they would walk there and they would have specific prayer intentions or it was a pivotal time in their life of making like a transition or discerning or asking God for something or they were thanking God for something but like even now my friends from communion liberation in Italy Whenever they graduate college, they go on pilgrimage in the summer to Our Lady of Chestahova. And that's their, like, transition from college life to the work world. Like, I really believe that pilgrimage is, like, the fulfillment of kind of the hiking culture where we live. Where, like, hiking's a good thing and nature is beautiful. And, like, usually we go on a hike and it's, like, a loop or something like that. But you go and you come back. But there isn't this sense of, like, a deeper meaning of educating my life to like moving towards a specific destination. Yeah, I mean, we're big hikers, my apartment is, and we actually went the weekend after we finished our pilgrimage. And I will say it felt different. So when we finished our hike, it was very much a feeling of almost loss. So you finished and you had to leave this place that you had escaped to. Whereas when we finished the pilgrimage, it was done with intention. It was something kind of that came back with you and kept reminding you, it was something that reminded you throughout your week of the reason you had done it. It wasn't just something you were escaping from your week. It was something that I definitely noticed as well. I actually remember hiking with Sarah the weekend before the pilgrimage and we got to the end of the hike. So it was a hike in and a hike out and we sat at the waterfall and Sarah looked over and went, I just don't want to leave. When you go hiking, it's very much an escape from the life that we're living and escape from classes and escape from homework and escape from everything. But we got in the car after the pilgrimage and just sat there for a moment and went, this was wonderful and I feel refreshed and like I'm ready to take on the world again. And it was because it was such an intentional experience with praying and thinking about the things that are happening in our lives and the things that we need to change and need help in and all of that sort of thing that it actually really refreshed us instead of making us dread going back to what we're used to doing. Yeah, I like actually like when we were designing the booklet, I put on the front a line from G.K. Chesterton's Man Alive where he says like, I have become a pilgrim to cure myself of being in exile, where life can seem like we're almost like an exile from life of like we're not where we're supposed to be. This line from Walker Percy where he says like, why is it that in the modern world that we have made so like pointed towards us so that we can live in it and why is it that in this world that we've like made man's that man feels more out of place than ever like why is man the only being that is like lost in the cosmos 
and there could be a sense of like very much like desiring to like escape from life and to like get away from everything and very often even I, I've noticed and like in myself and in others like this desire to to what y'all are saying of almost to like run away or escape from life and that becomes our leisure is to escape from life and what I've noticed in like this culture uh, or like in my, my friends that are really living the faith is a desire to do things not to escape from life, but to enter more deeply into like what is meaningful and what matters. So what you're saying, Jordan, of like, I'm ready to actually like return to what I'm living in everyday life, but with different eyes. Well, and I think that's something that's been especially pertinent right now with classes and all of life being so virtual and so different than what we're used to is that like when I sit down and think about it and pray about it, I can say with 100% confidence that I'm here and I'm supposed to be here, but with everything online and not even leaving the apartment, much less campus as much as I'm used to, everything feels like it's not how it's supposed to be even though it is and taking that time to step back and actually reassess especially with how different the world is right now was something that was really unexpected but almost necessary to be doing yeah i really like the line you had uh from walker percy so like the first part of this pilgrimage we did we spent like the first third of it in just silent like prayer and reflection and during that time I don't know why it never hit me before, but as we were walking in silence, just looking around the nature around us, it hit me that the world isn't man-made. And that was such a weird revelation to have because, like, of course it's not, but the way that, like, we operate and our environment, you know, surrounded by a bunch of huge, like, skyscrapers and artificial grass and a designed, like, area, sometimes we forget that, like, we're not in control. And especially like being reminded that with COVID and everything in the situation we're in, it's just like further reminder of that. And that's why I really enjoyed the pilgrimage. It was a really good space and opportunity to like sit with those things, to reflect on them and not to just like escape and forget about them, but to embrace them and to try to like grow through this experience. Yeah, I think the pilgrimage was unique in the way that like with that time in silence, normally when I go about my day, if something like comes up, like maybe some thought or like something hits me in a way that I'm not prepared for, I have to push it down. Like I have to shove it down and like maybe distract myself with something uh, or just like dive deeper into my work. And I don't have the opportunity to, to like explore that thought. And with the pilgrimage, with that time just spent walking without any distractions, it was, it was a time where memory uh, memory began to like re-excite and to I guess essentially like dive deeper into that in a way that wasn't just like commiserating or going back on old things like content to do here like with the silence with the walking with the steps there is an opportunity to like really dive deeply into these things that have just been ruminating kind of under the surface and had been like affecting me in ways that I wasn't able to perceive. Yeah, I when we started, I'd propose like let's share like a little bit of our prayer intentions and then let's pray the Angelus and then let's spend the first hour in silence. And I, I was really nervous because I was just nervous of like, what if they hate this? Or like, what if this is like really not helpful? You know, like it's kind of weird, like the six of us walking along single file in silence, you know? So like my first thing was like nervousness, but then as we were walking, like what you're saying, like the silence actually gives the space for things to be revealed. 
and to like bubble up to the surface. So I had like particular like prayer intentions for others and also just for my own life and for my own priesthood and all of these things. And as we were walking in silence, like so much of my concerns and like the things that I were that I was worried about and the things that like that weren't even fully formed thoughts yet that the Lord actually desired to reveal to me so I could bring to him came to the surface and as we were walking along, specifically like that part of like where it was like the bar, kind of like the barn stuff on the left and then the train tracks on the right, I found like that part just to be really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also like small town Georgia, you know, like there, it was like a very much like a real sense of place that's very different from Atlanta and like the change of scenery and everything. But like for, for me, like just like very, very grateful of like, yeah, like life is pilgrimage and like very clear that like we have to walk a road like i have to walk a road you know like there is a journey to make so it's like like i've been a priest for five years and there's very much this sense of like man like all there's all these things that like i need to grow in and work on and like all these things that the lord desires like for me to let him change and instead of then it being like a point of shame it actually became this like that's okay like we have to like walk a road and like that's okay and the silence was like a space for like the Lord to like reveal that to me so that then I could like give it to him. And I like I too found it like for me personally really helpful. But like not without like nervousness of like, are they gonna hate this, you know? Yeah, we just didn't want to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting, you know. I think it was interesting too that our conversation after the silence, uh, it seemed pretty natural. Just like there were, I think there was a marked difference in like the way we were just talking like what the subjects of the conversations were uh, like before and after that silence. Because, you know, there, there's a standard fanfare with the, the small talk and whatnot about school and classes. Um, but I think after after that time in silence, like, it, it was good, like, meaningful conversation. Got to know you guys a lot more closely. Um, a lot more so than, like, just the standard that we get you know, running into each other at school or here at the Catholic Center. Yeah, it almost felt like talking with intention. Like every word, or not every word we were saying, but the conversations we were saying having were guided by something greater than just, okay, what's going on, yes, what went on yesterday in your life at school, and what are your classes like? It was something deeper. And I will say too, I know Donovan, you were talking about how this time in silence let us kind of reflect back on our memories and let things bubble up to the surface. But something else that I found different, because we get that a lot while we're hiking, right? So we get a lot of silence and a lot of time to kind of reflect. But this coming into it with an intention was something that I was able to take and kind of say, okay, over the next week, how can I, I had a specific person that I was praying for throughout our pilgrimage. And I was able to say, how can I love you well over the next week? How in preparation for seeing you and being with you, how can I be better and like show God's show God's love to you in the next week. How can I like specifically do this? And it was something that made this more relevant to me following, right? So it wasn't just, I'm gonna escape and then come back and that was nice and renewed me. But it was, okay, throughout the next week, I was able to see in so many places where my thoughts and my prayers during that hour of silence kind of came back and it was fruitful and it was like something that actually helped me to love well. Something else I would say about the hour of silence is that I think a large part of why it wasn't awkward or uncomfortable or anything like that is because we did start the pilgrimage with saying our prayer intentions. So at least for me, the first portion of the walk, I was thinking about and actively praying for 
that intention. And then as that passed, different concerns and prayers and thoughts and ways to make the pilgrimage intentional and all of that bubbled up to the surface, which then did help a lot with the conversation. So it's something that I would really urge people to not be afraid to do it with groups of people they don't know very well and also not be afraid of the hour of silence. Because for me coming in, I don't think I had spent significant time or possibly even talked to all of you except Sarah. And I mean, it was a little nerve wracking. I'm fine talking to people, but it does usually is a lot of small talk and so starting with that hour of silence was enough time to actually pray and also actually center myself that none of the following conversation was awkward or too much small talk or any of that and it's not something that you have to do with a group of really close friends because sometimes it can be almost more fruitful to do it with your bible study or a different group or wherever it might be of the people who are just calling to you and that they need it and it doesn't have to be the people that you're around most in your life yeah one of the other things i was struck with is when we were walking in silence is just like because life can just be so go 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 you see people and you're like oh like it's good to see you and everything but like to like for me like being in silence and, and like praying and and like all of these all these things coming up but i was also one like you kind of recognize the mystery of the other person in the sense of like i see all you guys walking and my friend michael barry walking and i'm like I wonder what they're thinking about. Like, I wonder what they're praying about. Like, I wonder what's going on, you know? And for me, it's like calling back to like the depth of the mystery of the person, right? Of like each person has like a rich interior life and things going on in them and stuff happening that is like that nobody else sees. And we often miss that. I miss it because of just busyness, you know? And so it was very moving to like reclaim the mystery of the other person. Like when we were walking in silence of like, you look and instead of just being like, you look and you're like, who are you? You know, like, uh, like, like that there's, there's so much more to this person and the silence like unveils that, you know? I was struck with that particularly with like the destination of our pilgrimage, which was the first Catholic settlement in Georgia. I don't know if you want to talk about that more father, but just like sitting there and it was the first Catholic cemetery as well. And just like looking at all like the, uh, the tombstones and like just sitting with all the lives that had like come and gone before like we even set foot in the cemetery all the like children the wives the husbands it was just I don't know it was existential I guess just to like sit there and to think about like all the sacrifices these people made the lives they lived and like they probably had like no idea the sort of impact they'd have on us like people 200 years later going on like a small day pilgrimage um who would be like so moved by just like contemplating the life they must have lived yeah and just like a word to what you're saying about the specific destination so what we're proposing is is it's uh an eight and a half mile hike which i don't think is that long like how long do you guys normally hike at least eight it's usually what eight to eleven or twelve tens are ideal yeah Okay, so eight and a half is not bad at all, and right? And it's flat. Yes. Yeah, it's flat. As it's, a not hiker, I was fine. Yeah, it was, I, I thought, like, not daunting at all. But what the destination is, Locust Grove uh, Cemetery and Purification Church. It's the oldest Catholic church and cemetery in Georgia, and it's in Sharon, Georgia. And the Maryland Catholics moved down there in 1790 and created their own settlement called Locust Grove. So shortly after the Revolutionary War and when Catholicism became legal in Georgia, they moved down there and created this community. Now, they were only in Locust Grove for a certain period of time because 
when the railway came through, they actually moved more into town, into Sharon, Georgia. And so the church itself is actually in Sharon, Georgia itself, but Locust Grove Cemetery, which is where like the cemetery is, but it's where the first church would have been. And so there's actually an altar there. So when we went on our pilgrimage, we went in silence and we had time to talk. We had time of prayer and then we celebrated mass in the cemetery. And then we like ate lunch and prayed a rosary afterwards. So that is like the destination. Where we started was A.H. Stevens State Park. And actually, the more we look at it, the more I think it would be really cool to, like some of what you guys were saying too, is like go and camp at A.H. Stevens the night before, have a night there, and then in the morning, walk the route to it. So like that's the specific like destination. And like pilgrimage always ends at a holy site. I think it's worth going there just because we forget that Catholic history in the United States is pretty young, but we forget like there is a history of Catholics in Georgia and that's very interesting and very rich and still alive today. And again, like all those people in the cemetery, there's a lot there that I think is worth thinking about. I was really struck by just the number of like young people in the cemetery, like people that had died really, really young and just being struck by like mortality. You know, the fact that like it's a scandal for us in a very real way, like people dying young, but that was a lot more common back then. Like the urgency of life was almost more present, but I was like really struck by that in the cemetery. I don't know if there were other things that like really struck you guys like on the pilgrimage or in the route itself or in like purification or locust grove. Yeah, I think one of the big themes of the pilgrimage was the way we approached the dead. I mean, it, it's such a like almost a taboo topic, but like we don't really talk about the people who've passed. We don't really like engage that side because I don't think our culture has the tools to really understand it well. Um, and I think that was something unique about finishing at the cemetery and having that time to just ponder ponder your own mortality, uh, but also just ponder mortality in general. I, I thought of my grandparents didn't have like the the burial, the proper like Catholic burial. And it just reminded me of like the need for that, the need for, to like respect the dead, um, to have a place of not only of like a morning of grief, uh, but also of like expectation. It was interesting how each of the graves were pointed towards the east, like where we believe that like Christ will rise again. So, and through all of it too, like the gravestones, like the words spoken and engraved on it were really words of expectation, uh, like words of hope. It wasn't just a place of death, it was also a place of great exultant, expecting joy. One of the things that struck me most was just the history of the site, because I mean, it's not like the oldest Catholic church I've been to or anything like that, but I'm from California, and so nothing in California is that old, nothing's that old in general, everything stays relatively new, and so seeing just like one of the oldest Catholic sites in the United States and also just kind of being reminded of how humble Catholic beginnings were in the United States was really almost humbling to think back to because you see all of the really old churches in Europe and other parts of the world that are gorgeous and ornate and are beautiful and valuable in their own sense but seeing how not small but I guess humble even though I already said the word just how humble all of the origins are and how dedicated these people must have been to their faith when it was barely even legal at the time was just almost awe-inspiring to think about and reflect upon given how I mean there's definitely some similar similarities in today's world but how we're no longer dealing with the same level of struggles that they were and that like they were not allowed to practice Catholicism in Georgia until this site was first built. It made me really appreciate 
how much we have today. Yeah, this like sense of connection too that like we belong, like they're part of our history, right? Like I went to Italy for a wedding and I was able to go to this giant uh, cemetery in Milan. Like it's huge. And I went there specifically because that's where uh, Servant of God, like Monsignor Luigi Giussani is buried. And I went to like pray in front of his tomb and like basically like ask him to pray for me and to like thank him. I stayed there for like a good hour and I was struck because there were like 30 people in that like hour I was there, there, there were 30 people that came and stopped and prayed by his grave and then left. Uh, and like another priest too from like the Philippines that like I talked to. And it I just felt like this this extreme like connection with that man of like, yeah, like how helpful he had been to me even though we had never met. And I actually felt something similar there at the cemetery of like, thank you to like these people like somehow like they're part of my history they're part of like our history and so like i belong to them and like they belong to me it was really interesting okay so just a couple like last words about the like logistics of like this trip is we have the booklets which will be like good to follow and like good to go as a group but again like i think to gather together at ah stevens and to share like if you're willing i would say like offering an intention for someone else or for others, but then also for yourself, right? Like if you desire like a greater clarity and work, vocation, a specific thing that you're struggling with, right? But to like really ask for help with that and then to pray for others. And I would share like the intentions you can share with others. We started with an Angelus and then we had the hour of silence. And like it, it might even be worth like having more than just an hour. And then we had intentional conversation. And then when you get to uh, Locust Grove Cemetery to like a take a minute to pray for the dead and pray for those there and to like pray together and just wander around and look at it and kind of take it in and then across from there there's a pavilion where there's a place where you can picnic and have lunch and there's also a, a place to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary with like really interesting artwork I don't know about you guys but I, would, I thought that the artwork is like really fascinating and so those are kind of the like specific things that I would say like doing for this pilgrimage. I don't know, is there anything that you guys would want to say or add to that? I think that about covers it. Cool. So, uh, we hope that like y'all like do this, like go on pilgrimage, like give it a shot and try it. I think that it's worth it and like worth trying and worth going on and to like go with others. Uh, I even felt like our like, again, like didn't know you super well, Jordan, but like for us to like be able to like go together was like really beautiful. Uh, it was like a great opportunity for friendship. So for like to like go with your friends and like give this a shot, like follow the booklet. Like one last thing, be safe on the road. That like six mile walk from Crawfordsville to Sharon, uh, like there's cars like going pretty fast on that. So stay on the left side and like just be ready uh, to like move off of the road. Um, but that like you give it a shot and like try to like live as a pilgrim. Uh, thank you, Father, for talking to us about pilgrimage. Um, we had a really great time, and we encourage anyone listening to also go. Just this distinction we made about pilgrimage being a place to be changed and not just uh, a place of escape. So uh, please pray for us, and we'll be praying for you. Thank you for listening. Hey, that was a great conversation. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> or like, yeah, good job. Thanks, everybody.